All right, thank you for joining us here on another episode of The Lockup. Uh, with me today is my friend Brian Jones. Uh, he joins us to talk about Total Control Wrestling, which is a tabletop wrestling game, uh, kind of Dungeons & Dragons style, where you use dice to determine outcomes and set this show up. Um, he's here also to talk about the GoFundMe for it, trying to get that going. Uh, he's not far off. I believe we can all help him as a wrestling community or gaming community, or maybe you're a member of both. Uh, in the beginning, he does talk about what got him into wrestling, as well as gaming. Um, so stay tuned. And also, we're going to hopefully get a live play along going together next couple weekends. Uh, so if you're interested in that, hit us up on our Facebook, Twitter page, either or. All right, sit back and enjoy the show. For joining us here at Welcome. Uh, with me, Brian Jones of Total Control Wrestling, the new game. How are you? Oh, I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing great. Uh, so, a little, little crazy weather you got going on there today, huh? Yeah, a couple weather systems came through. I was a little worried, but uh, I think we're going to maintain the power in the internet, which means we can stay, stay live online here. Great. Fantastic. Uh, so, you created a game, Total Control Wrestling. Uh, we'll get into that a little bit, but first, tell us about, like what got you into wrestling. Uh, when did when did you start watching? Oh my! When did I start watching? Uh, my first memory of wrestling, I would have probably been three or four years old. That's how far back I remember it. And I remember coming into the living room, and it was on TV. I don't know why my mother had it on. She was a watcher of wrestling once in a while. She would get into it when it got hot. But I remember back then. And the, the only image I can remember from the show is Jake the Snake Roberts. So it, it and it was 1980s when I was three or four years old. And uh, it was before he was the snake that everybody remembers from WWE, WWF and so on. He was wearing like the red kickboxer style pants, that kind of stuff. And for whatever reason, that's the first memory I have of, of watching wrestling and being hooked from that moment for some reason. And then I remember asking my mom all the time, when's wrestling on again? When's wrestling on again? It was it was like Wednesday or Thursday nights at eight or nine o'clock or something crazy at the time. And just every time it would come on, she would make sure to let me know. And I would be allowed to stay up past my bedtime. Cause I was so little, you know, I was just a little <laughs> wrestling fan at the time, but that that's where I first fell in love with wrestling for some reason. A couple, who, couple years. So who were some of your favorites growing up? Uh, well, we're repping the horseman on the T-shirt. I uh, nice. always, always loved Flair and the horseman. But at the same time, I was a Dusty Rhodes guy. I loved watching Dusty and doing his promos and the way he would connect with the people in the crowd and get everybody so excited. And uh, But I was, I don't know, maybe I was in the, the minority. I always liked the heels better. 
when I was growing up. I wasn't a Hulk Hogan guy. I was always looking for the guy that would beat Hulk Hogan when I was mm-hmm. watching the WWF. You know, uh, rooting for Earthquake and, you know, hoping against all hope that Piper and uh, Orndorff would win that first WrestleMania when even as a kid I knew that wasn't going to happen. You know, that kind of thing. The thing is, we grow older, we learn to appreciate the work of a good heel a little bit better. Uh, absolutely. Because when I go back now and watch what the heels used to do, and you see those little things that drew you in back then, but you didn't know drew you in back then. It was just mm-hmm. so subtle, but so good at what they did. Yeah, that it's it's one of those things. And I, something I've taught my son, who's now 12, when we watch old wrestling together, he'll point it out. We were watching old WCW Saturday night from like 92 or 93, and there was a, a Lord Steven Regal match, and he was just – he, for lack of a better term, he was marking out for the way Steven Regal was as a heel back then and the way he did things and did things the right way and so slow and, the, you know, the reactions and all that stuff. So, yeah, we, we do appreciate it more as we get older, I think. Uh, shout out to our friend here of the show, Gary. How's it going, Gary? Thanks for joining us today. Um, Hi, Gary. Now, who would you say was a better promo, Jake the Snake or Dusty Rhodes? Oh, man, two different psychologies there. Boy, oh, if I had to pick. Well, if I, oh, boy, that's hard. Mm, Boy, you really put me on the spot there. That's what we do here. If I could only pick one, it, it might, I might have to lean to Dusty. I might, as much as I like Jake's promos, I'd probably have to go to Dusty because some of the stuff he came up with was just tremendous. Mm-hmm. I mean, right there, it's pretty much one and one A. I'm sorry, what's that? Pretty much between those two, you got, you know, one and one A. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. One. Yeah, that would be yeah, one A, one B, however you want to look at it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, I mean, both of you could have put either one at the top of the card in the main event in the promo category, and that would have been it. So moving on, um, let's move on to the you know, your background in gaming a little bit. Um, what are some of the early game favorites? What got you into gaming? Are we talking tabletop or video game? Which direction you want to go? Does it matter? <laughs> <laughs> Let's go tabletop since what you okay. got here is a tabletop game. Gotcha. Um, I always enjoyed playing board games back when I was a kid with my friends or, you know, mom and dad and whatever, who was, whoever was around, my brother, when he came around. Uh, you know, because I'm a little older than him, so I had to wait till he was old enough to play the good stuff instead of Candyland and Shoots and Ladders. But I always remember playing uh, Clue and, jeez, uh, what else from back then? The, the kids' games back then, Trouble and, jeez, uh, always off the top of my head, I can't even, Life, the game of Life was one we played. Just things like that uh, as a family, and I always enjoyed it. And I remember as a kid, you know, I would take different elements of one game and try to combine it with the elements of another game and make my own version of a, a tabletop game. And you spin the thing or roll the dice and move your pieces around and whatever. So mm-hmm. it started back then. And then when I got older and learned to appreciate um, other game styles, uh, I've always been a guy, a, a mark for fantasy, for lack of a better term. And uh, read the Lord of the Rings and all that stuff when I was younger. And when I first found Dungeons and Dragons at the local bookstore, when we used to have those things before you had to buy everything online, mm-hmm. um, I remember finding one of those books and I was just enamored with it. And oh, look at all the things you can do. And then I somehow saved up or convinced her birthday money, something like that, bought it and got into playing 
Dungeons and Dragons. And that's where I really started to see the creative aspects you could do with tabletop gaming instead of just being restricted by roll the dice and move some spaces, you know, pay for a property and buy it and then wait for somebody else to go and land on a space. It, it got more interactive, and which, which is what I enjoyed about tabletop gaming, role-playing, that kind of stuff. Well, here's one from Joe. Uh, do you remember the game Mystery Mansion? I have seen it. I have looked into it, but I did not have it. And I remember seeing it on the toy stores as a kid, thinking that's one I would want to have to play. And I didn't get that one, no. The one that I still have from back in the day, though, is Hero Quest, the original one, if anybody remembers that one from back in the day, the old Hero Quest game. That, that was the one probably that I really had to, to beg to get as a kid. But it had all the elements of Dungeons and Dragons, but at a lesser level before I knew what Dungeons and Dragons was. Have you seen the Dungeons and Dragons movie? I have seen some of them. I know they put out a few. Uh, which one are you meaning? The one from like 2000? That really bad one? <laughs> Probably, because I think that's the only one I remember. Uh, that's the one I remember going to the theater to see. And it was with my, my role-playing gaming group that I had just convinced to try playing Dungeons & Dragons. They'd never gotten into role-playing before. And we were talking about it, and then the movie happened to be coming out, and there was all the hype about the movie. And I convinced, okay, let's go see the movie, not knowing how bad this thing was going to be. When I sat down, it needed a mystery science theater treatment. Uh, and I took them to see the movie. And at the end of the movie, they looked at me and said, are you sure we really want to do this kind of game involving this stuff? I said, no, guys, I promise it'll be better than what you saw on the screen. Give me a chance. <laughs> yeah, I, I had a couple of friends, you know, who played back in the day. For some reason, I just never got involved into it. I think I did play. I did play a little back in college. I had a couple of friends. Uh, we played then. It was fun. But I haven't really played since. I played a couple spin-offs or games based off those kind of elements. Yeah, yeah. Um, so let's talk about Total Control Wrestling. This is a game that's been in the making for a while. <laughs> let's talk about the origins. The origin story. Okay, we want to go there first. It began on a dark, cold night. Uh, it was, uh, honest to goodness, it probably started at about 94. Four or 95. That's how far back the origin story goes. And it started with, uh, I played, played roller hockey and sports with a bunch of my friends. They just weren't into tabletop gaming, but they were into wrestling. We would get together every two Sundays a month for all the pay-per-views from WCW, WWF. And when ECW came around, we were every weekend, we were at my one buddy's house who may or may not have had an illegal black box that we used to watch all the pay-per-views. Uh, free for views, as we like to call them. Mm -hmm. um, I think we're beyond the statute of limitations for me to say that, right? I hope. Yeah. I don't, can we even call it pay per views anymore? I mean, they're uh, on the network. Well, they used to be pay per views. That was how they built them. So, uh, no, what are they? Special events, live events? What are they calling them now? It's what's, the, I don't even, they're so, I mean, yeah. they still call them pay per views, but you know, you got the Peacock Network and it's all on there. Yeah. Let's not talk about that mess. Uh, <laughs> Uh, anyway, uh, so it started way back then, and I couldn't convince them to, to try Dungeons & Dragons or any of the other role-playing games I had. They weren't into the fantasy stuff and the other, other things, the other genres that I even had of role-playing games back then. So we were sitting around between periods of a hockey game, pickup hockey game, and uh, 
we were talking, I was trying to convince him. I said, well, what if, what if there were a wrestling game? Would you give it a shot? Oh yeah, we'd give that a try. At least it's something we'd be interested in. Okay. Well, I didn't know of any wrestling role-playing game, tabletop game at that time. You know, they had, I know there was the WWF had made some where you roll the dice and move around the board and stuff, but it wasn't anything that good. So I started formulating an idea way back then uh, for how I could do a wrestling game in a role-playing game form. So I start making some ideas and jotting stuff down on paper. And, you know, over the, over the course of the next week, we get together to play hockey again and we're sitting around between games and whatever. And we're discussing it more and I'm asking them what they would like to see in it or how, how would it be a good way to do one thing or another. And so it slowly built off of that. And I put together a basic shell of a system. And I, you know, the one day they, they came to play hockey and uh, I had the, the dice and I had the, the papers and all the notes and the things we were going to use to keep track of it. And I said, here, give me give this a try. At least give it a try. Let's roll characters up with my little system that I put together. And they did. And they had fun making characters and creating all the gimmicks and, you know, personalities. And that was something they really enjoyed. Then we got into trying to figure out how to do matches. Well, we tried doing it the traditional role play way of you know my character and your character and i'll try to do this and then you say your character is going to try to counter that and then the dungeon master makes you roll dice and whoever does it better you know get does the role better or describes it better gets it and it was okay for what it was at the time but what i noticed as a dungeon master game master whatever you want to call it the people that weren't involved directly in the match got bored and wandered off <laughs> you know <laughs> i might have a 10 or 15 minute match with people rolling dice and doing things. And then the other people got bored and kind of were like off doing their own thing and didn't really care until it was their turn. And that's not something you want in a game where it chases people off. You want a game where people come together to do things. So over the course of the next few months, I start putting together other ideas and ways that I can get other people involved in the matches and the storytelling, you know, okay, you could be the referee for the match or you guys be the commentators for the match. But even then they weren't interactive enough. They weren't invested in it because that wasn't their character, you know, being the announcer temporarily for one match and then being the wrestler in the next match didn't work for them. It didn't, it, it didn't keep them engaged the way you'd want it to. Mm -hmm. So I had to go back to the drawing board again and come up with another way to uh, get, keep everybody engaged. So it got to the point where when it was then getting into the attitude era of wrestling. So I have to kind of set the back, the, the back story of that with the NWO coming around and the, the attitude area era kicking off. And there was a lot less, focus on the in-ring product, as we all know, as there was on backstage scenes and interviews and things like that. So I started to figure out a way to work that part into the game. Okay, so it was fun for everybody to do their interviews and, you know, I'll cut this guy off when he's walking to the ring and I'll attack him from behind. So we added some of the storytelling elements around just the matches at that point. And that worked good, too, until everybody always wanted to do something to the champion. Oh, my guy's going to go after the champion because everybody wanted to feud with the champion. What's the biggest deal in wrestling? You want to be the champion. You you have the bragging rights. And it would be the same with my friends that I developed the game around. You know, oh, I'm the champion. You know, you guys have to now knock me off the pedestal. And so, so everybody was trying to go after the champion, which is nice and all. But you can't have the champion feuding with seven other wrestlers. It just doesn't work. So you had to figure out a way to branch people off into other feuds and things. 
And when I did that, again, I lost half the people that were interested in the game because during certain feuds, their characters weren't involved in certain segments and sketches, and they'd wander off and come back when it was their turn. I'm telling all the long story to get where I'm going, I promise. <laughs> I'm long-winded. You can feel free to cut me off and stay. No, no. Okay. okay. So um, it got to the point where I needed to keep everyone involved, so I came up with the idea of, okay, when we sit down to play the game and we do this, um, whatever care we're gonna we're gonna now randomize whatever characters, whatever wrestlers are gonna be involved in this skit, this match, whatever. So I made a random chart, you know, with everybody's name, and you roll a dice, and if it's your wrestler, he's the one involved, and then we roll the dice and see who the other wrestler is involved to make sure everybody's doing something at that point, or, or to have the wrestlers randomly doing something, not everybody going after one guy. So when that happened. Uh, it helped because you didn't know when you were going to when you were going to be on stage. Basically, you were going to be improvising. You know, maybe you weren't feuding with the champion. You were getting an undercard guy and working something out. But keeping the other players involved, my idea was okay. Instead of just the two players as the characters inter- inter- interacting with the the scene, the scenario, everybody can pitch in ideas for how do you think the character would react to this. How do you think character A would react to the way character B did this? How do you think character B would react to character A did this? And so it was almost like the creative writer's room where we were all telling the story together and picking the best idea that came up to further whatever storyline for those two wrestlers. And it turned at that point from less of a role-playing game where everybody was focused on my character, my character, my character, to telling a story that and captured the whole roster and the whole show that involved everybody all at the same time. Does that make sense? It does. So no matter what wrestler got called up in a random scenario, we're all sitting there and it would pop up like, okay, you know, wrestler A against wrestler B or wrestler A is doing, you know, and wrestler B are called up. All right. Wrestler A is in his locker room doing such and such. What do you think wrestler B based on his personality and character and what we've done with him so far would would do? Would he rush in and attack wrestler A in the locker room, wait outside the locker room and ambush him on the way out the door? You know, wait till the wrestler A leaves, then go in and do something to his locker room just to mess with him and have him come back later and find out, you know, after the next match. And so we all started just throwing these ideas together and creating a story that would then run through the entirety of the show and the matches. And it ended up getting to the point where doing the scenario stuff was so much more fun for them than trying to wrestle these matches with the system that I had built that it, the, the game focused more on it than the in-ring move-by-move stuff that I had initially planned this thing to be. So while the game is now not a move-by-move match simulator, I actually have a system that does that and works really well that I plan on using at some point down the road kind of as an expansion, but you know, that's down the road. I don't want to get, I don't want to put the cargo in front of the cart in front of the horse, one thing at a time. Um, but uh, the game turned into more of a storytelling narrative, cooperative uh, entertainment. It, it's, it's not as much a competitive game. It turned away from that into just telling the stories of the wrestlers through the show and carrying feuds on from one show to the next. That's where it started, and then I evolved it from there. Um, instead of everybody just throwing ideas in for each scenario, I made a random list of scenario types that you would roll the dice, and you know maybe this scenario was the guys being interviewed in the ring. 
and his rival then does something. And then we would talk out how that would go. And maybe the next time it would be somebody's arriving at the building in a limo and his rivals outside. Are they going to engage with each other? Is the rival going to wait till the one guy goes in the building and ambush him from behind or then go do something to the car and all these other crazy ideas we came up with that turned into what is the, the chart manual for the game with all these crazy scenarios that happen between wrestlers to build their feuds. I'll stop talking. Go ahead. <laughs> no, yeah. I, I flipped through with some of those. The scenarios can be interesting. Um, some what you would expect from writing on, you know, what would be written into a show. And definitely, you know, it can be a lot of fun. The, yeah, there are some in there that, that the rarer events that can happen where things will happen with wrestlers that don't involve the feuds and the scenarios. Sometimes a wrestler gets suspended for real world incidents uh, and they then can't participate in the following shows, things like that. Yes. So the best way, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to say the, the best way the game got described to me by one of my people that I developed it with one day when we were talking about it, they said, you know, this doesn't feel like we're sitting down to play a wrestling game. It feels like we are sitting down to create a wrestling show together that we're watching together as you know like when we sit down at the pay-per-view or whatever we call it nowadays on sundays you know we never know which wrestler is going to show up for which scenario and what sort of scenario they're going to be in or who might be in what match and you know some matches do get planned out ahead of time with the chart manual with rivalries and feuds but sometimes you just didn't know you know you get that match that comes out of nowhere like you used to get on wcw's uh, pay-per-views when you'd have the cruiserweights go at it and they put on the best show of the match or the night, the best match of the show, and uh, they weren't even advertised. Right. And they, yeah. so, but that that's how it was described to me by the one guy that was playing along with us that day, and uh, and I think that's about the best way that I could ever describe it myself. Yeah, going through what I read, that's a very accurate description. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's 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 playable solo where you can you know sit down and play the game by yourself, and as the random rolls come up, or you set your matches up and your feuds and your scenarios, and you can basically fantasy book it out yourself using the the engine I have, uh, the the game engine with the chart manual, and um, come up with creative ways to to run it. So um, when I was play testing it, uh, several of the people that play tested it solo that were really just solo uh, gamers. Um, that contacted me about it when I advertised for them for uh, play testers. They really enjoyed the, uh, the the way they could be creative around the bare bones of what I give in the storylines, you know, through the chart manual. And they sent me some of their play testing storylines and feuds and details that they came up with stuff. And it, it amused me to no end. It felt like I was watching their wrestling show that they created as I was reading all of these notes that they sent me about their playtesting sessions and, and what, you know, what the things they were doing with their characters and what they were planning to do next and how they were going to turn this angle into that and, you know, spin this feud into another one and things along those lines. Okay, guys, it's Sarah here. Do you love listening to our podcast? Do you think, hmm, I can do that on my own as well? I would love to give it a try. Well, head on over to anchor.fm or download the Anchor app from either the Apple Store or Google Store. Uh, you, Anchor is great for recording your own podcast. It's what we use. 
It will give you the tools you need to record and edit your own podcast right from your phone or computer so it's easy, however you prefer. It will also distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Again, download Anchor app or go to anchor.fm. Yeah, so let's we're we're hopefully planning on doing a live playthrough this weekend. Um, so let's describe the game also a little bit, you know, as it is today. Sure. What you know, we plan to do, you know, maybe a live um, play along in two parts. You know, maybe the first mm-hmm. part this weekend, character creation. Right. Um, we're looking to get up to four players, you know, play along with us. Um, so let's talk about the you know creator wrestler aspect. Okay. That that's the part that everybody loves creating their creating their character that will then be in the in the feud in the in the promotion that you can then have things happen. Um, so what what how what do you want to talk about with that? Just the the process itself, or or how? Yeah, <laughs> let's talk about the process itself. Um, you know, let's okay. get people interested. Okay. Well, it's the name of the game, as you know, Total Control Wrestling. Now, the process that I built into the book is a random wrestler creating process. It will give you a wide variety of wrestlers from anywhere from like five feet ten to seven foot seven. Uh, so you can go from Rey Mysterio to God bless his soul, poor El Gigante. Uh, so uh, different sizes, heights, weights. And then from there, you build your character out based on the rolls of the dice and the stats you get. And it's completely random. You, you have six attribute categories. Uh, I won't bore you with all those details, but you get to roll the dice seven times and get to keep the best six. I'm not mean. You, you're not stuck with a really bad score every time. Um, and you flesh out your character and the stats from there um, based on those numbers. Now, total control wrestling doesn't mean you have to create every wrestler that way. I've been asked this before. You're fine and dandy just creating the wrestler you want to create too, which is the beauty of the game. If I want to make my guy five feet ten, that's you know 190 pounds, but he thinks he's a powerhouse, and I give him all the number stats to give him the strongest numbers I can, and him not be agile at all. I can build a guy that way. I'm not stuck rolling the dice to find these things out. Uh, so it's completely customizable. You can build your character or your roster any way you want. Doing it, you know, manually, as I like to call it, setting your numbers for for different characters that you want to build or do it completely random and see what you come up with. And sometimes some of those characters are the funnest. I think, you know, going in, people are going to have their own idea of what they want a character to be, especially right. especially if you've played like any of the video games before. <laughs> you know, you're going to you've created everyone's created a character in that and probably bring one of those characters to life. That's that is something you can definitely do. Uh, my son has done that within the confines of the game rules because he had the guy that he made on the 2K games. And he was like, well, I'm going to make him for, you know, when we do the promotion next time. and I want to add him into the into our roster to use. And that worked out uh, pretty good because he just picked the stats for his wrestler. He didn't roll the dice. He knew what he wanted his height and his weight to be and whether he was going to be a flyer or a brawler and all that, and te- you know, technician. Uh, so he just set his numbers up and you can do that. But I'll tell you, the character, he had the most fun, and maybe I had the most fun. He was about seven years old at the time when he first really sat down to start playing. So you could play this game with kids. If you have an adult there that just kind of steers the ship and let the kids be creative and run with ideas, it can be a blast. Because I've done that with with my son and his friends, 
and hearing some of the stuff they come up with is better than what you see on TV some days. Uh, but when he was seven, just learning how to do everything, he created a wrestler and he was so mad. His dice rolls were terrible. He's randomly creating this guy and it's a terrible wrestler. And, you know, he's on what would be the jobber level. He's never going to do anything. And he wanted him to be this huge, massive powerhouse guy. Well, he just ended up, he said, I'm naming him Quackers the Duck. And he's just going to wear all yellow feathers. He's just Quackers the Duck. He's terrible. <laughs> this character that he created and was mad about ended up being the funniest, most entertaining thing <laughs> he did in the game. And he kept coming up with storylines with the Quackers the Duck and this guy that he was feuding with. At age seven and, and into age eight, it was just hysterical. And they built the, he built this feud between the two guys when they would have these encounters. And the uh, the end up the blow off match. We ended up rolling the dice, and it was a, a special match. It was going to be, and we roll the dice, and it comes up as a steel cage match. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to make a note of that. We're going to have a steel cage match at the next pay per view. And my son, I think he was seven or eight at the time, he goes, No, they wouldn't have a steel cage match, Dad. I said, well, that's what the dice say. I mean, we can change it if you want to do something. He says, no, it's a chicken coop match. (laughs) 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 So just things like that that would come up, you know, that somebody will come up with. And it was it. I could have almost fell off the chair when he said that we're going to have because he was Quackers the Duck and it's his specialty match. It's a chicken coop match. (laughs) That sounds like Early 90s Vince McMahon came uh, stuff we, were, we were this close to kennel from hell. We really were. <laughs> <laughs> so um, for creating wrestlers, that I mean, there's really no limit to it, which is, again, like I said, it's totally customizable. You can go the random way. You can set the statue on. Uh, I've had people suggest I put in rules for doing point buys, you know, where you start with X amount of points and then, you know, feed them out wherever you want and, you know, for extra points here, there, or whatever, you know, spend two to get one, that kind of thing. And it's something I've tinkered with the idea of putting into the, into the rule book as an optional way to do it at the end. But I, as a gamer myself, I like leaving that stuff up to the players. Sometimes they can come up with a better way to do it than I would in certain ways. If they want to do a point by system and you can come up with a good way, the game is total control wrestling. You take total control and do it the way you want, and it's okay. So, I mean, if there's a couple of people that are on the fence about, you know, checking this out, you know, wanting to play, what other aspects in the, are there in the game that could sway them to check it out, maybe play a little bit that maybe we haven't touched on yet? Oh, let's see. Well, <laughs> it, it does have a character progression angle to it uh while it's not a pure role-playing game the wrestlers the managers involved um they do earn xp for matches and doing things during scenarios and in storylines uh and for winning feuds or even losing feuds you just get a little bit less out of it because you lost uh you know uh, there are XP that get collected by the characters. And then as a group, or if you're solo playing, you can upgrade the uh, wrestlers stats, their, their strength, their agility, whatever else, you know, you want to do to, uh, to boost them up and move them up the card, so to speak. So there is a character progression aspect to the game that uh, role-playing types liked. Um, the match system is, as I said, kind of, simplistic the way it's it's laid out now because the game is focused more on the angles the storylines the scenarios the wrestlers 
more so than it is about, you know, my guy grabs a headlock and your guy shoots me into the ropes. Then I drop down and you go over and you hit me with a shoulder tackle and then you hit the ropes and I hip toss you and we do it all over again. It's more about the stuff that happens between the wrestlers during the storylines than it is during the matches. Mm -hmm. Um, So people that are looking for that depth of a, a, you know, a deep match simulator, this isn't going to appeal to you. I'll tell you that right now. Um, I'm not going to paint it as something it isn't. That's not the kind of person I am. It's more focused on the storytelling aspect of what goes on through the course of an entire show uh, from building storylines and feuds with two wrestlers or two teams or whatever, uh, as it goes from one show into the next, into the next. And it, it builds over the course of several shows, much like you used to see on TV, they would go three, four months. That's kind of how my system is set up. Cause that's the way I preferred it instead of everything, you know, blowing through in, you know, three weeks. And then we have to have a pay-per-view match. So it, it's more of a, creative storytelling experience than a match simulator Mm -hmm. as far as as booking now booking people have asked me well is that like a booking sim like the ones you see on the computer like there's uh several good ones out there and i don't want to mention any and leave any other good ones out where you know you set so and so versus so and so and you give this guy a push rating and that guy a push rating it doesn't work like that i mean you could probably use my system to do it that way but it's not the way it's designed um uh, and in the game is not about, you know, managing personalities like you're the, the, the owner of the promotion or the general manager either. It's not like I'm worried somebody's going to get upset that they lost and, you know, they're going to be mad and walk off and that kind of thing. So it, it doesn't have those aspects either. It, it's more about just as if you were sitting down as a fan to watch a show, you just happen to be creating the show with the wrestlers you have and your own promotion and your own titles and your own feuds and your own creativity. Yeah, and don't forget, like you said, working on the uh, expansion, the eventual expansion pack, which will involve yeah. deeper matches. There, there is. A, it's it's a very deep system with a lot of detail to it, and it works. I can, I can promise you that because that's how we played the game for years at first. Until the matches, I'm not going to say got in the way, but they slowed down the funner aspects of what we had. I'm going to go back to my using my son as an example. He's now 12. He likes using the move by move stuff as much as he does seeing what the storyline stuff is. When you do the move by move match simulator stuff, sometimes what would be a, an actual five to 10 minute match in the ring takes 25 to 30 minutes to work through because of the dice rolling and the stats. And you still have to talk your way through the match and what my wrestler's doing. And if he misses the move and rolls the dice and it fails, then the other guy gets to, tell his side of the story. Okay. Now I have control of the match. Here's what I'm going to try to do. And it takes a little while, but once you get the hang of it, it, it flows through, but mm-hmm. it, is, it is in, it's there. It's just not in playable form where I could send the rules out to somebody and say, here you go. Most of it's still handwritten or in, you know, uh, notes in my computer files for, Oh, we need to change this. We need to adjust that. Things like that. And I can say, you know, some out there listening and might seem a little daunting, like, Oh my God, I'll never get the hang of this. It's one of those games I can tell once you play it, you know, a couple times, maybe even once or twice, you're going to breeze through it. You're going to understand it. Yeah. Once you sit down and go through the manual and get the hang of some of the stats and what they mean, and most people that are gamers, they'll get that real quick. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I wrote the rule book, I kind of wrote it to where I knew there could be wrestling fans that would want to play this that weren't 
really in big into gaming. So it does get a little deep on explaining some stuff like strength and agility and what these stats and attributes mean that, you know, most gamers get it right away when you say strength, agility, charisma, that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, But putting it in the wrestling, the wrestling spin on it so that people that are wrestling fans that read it also would, uh, would, would be able to comprehend it and get it uh, hopefully fairly easily. Um, but once you get the hang of it and learn how the mechanics of the game work and how the show works and when to roll the dice and what to roll the dice for and how to keep track of things, it does go pretty quick. I, I can run a, a show that's six or eight segments long, which would be an hour and a half to two hour show. Probably if I sit down with my buddies, we could do that in a half an hour, 45 minutes. Hmm. You know, just from no from knowing the system, you know, great. Thing. I, I'm going to know it better than anybody. But, you know, if you're looking to sit down for an hour with your buddies and have fun and, you know, have it based around wrestling and a wrestling game and these crazy characters that you create and what might happen, you know, it, it's it's a blast to sit down and do. Uh, so the last part we'll talk about before we wrap things up here for today um, here's the cover art and we got yes. information for the Kickstarter and where to find you on Facebook. Uh, right. so you search total control wrestling. Um, but let's, if you want to talk about the Kickstarter for a minute. Sure. We have the Kickstarter. It's up and running as you saw on the, uh, on the little graphic you put up there. And I believe it ends on June 29th, if I'm not mistaken. I haven't looked at the end date that many times. I was, <laughs> I was focusing on the beginning date when I was getting everything prepared for it. Um, so yeah, I think it's June 29th. Um, and we're looking to get enough funding to get this, uh, printed and, and, uh, out there in the, in the real world, as you say. Uh, so it's, uh, we've got several pledge levels available from just buying the base game with PDF files where you'll get the, the rule book, you'll get the chart manual, you'll get the roster book for, for the generic TCW guys. I'm going to say that I call them generic, but they're actually near and dear to my heart because these are characters <laughs> we used for years and years and play tested and all that stuff with. So I know I know them like they're actual real people. I could give you backstories on all of them, and that would be terrible and bore everybody. Um, so like your children. What's that? They are. It, it is. I, it, it's, yeah, sad that I think of it that way. Sometimes I like them more than my own child, but don't tell him I said that. I don't think he's watching right now. Um, so anyway – uh, there's also going to be the physical version we're going to get with the printed copies of everything, uh, with the rule book and the chart manual and, and the, uh, roster book. And that's my favorite kind. I'm, I've always been to have a physical copy of something. I'm not a digital copy person. Uh, even going still to when I read things, I prefer to have something in hand. Um, and we have extra add on roster books where if you don't just like my TCW generic roster guys, um, we have several other fictional promotions we've created uh, built with characters built around that style of wrestling, such as the, there's the WSWL Western States wrestling league. Sounds like a real place, doesn't it? From does. California in that way. And it's, it's a brawler territory and a big man territory. So most of the wrestlers you get from there are going to be the bigger size guys, you know, and then you look at the great lakes wrestling area, it's meant more for like technical wrestlers. So you'll get more technical wrestlers, you know, if you, if you wanted that roster book, let's say, uh, so, all right. So I just pulled up the stats here. Oh, I lost it. Uh, so oh. it's 14 days to go as of now. Right. Um, you were the initial goal is 5,000. Yes. And just started reloading. I believe it was about about 1,500 off 23 right. backers. Uh, so there's still two weeks to go. We can make this happen. I'd like to think so. Yes. I, I, I've backed a lot of projects on Kickstarter myself. Um, 
And I know I was always one of the people that waited till like the last 48 to 72 hours to commit to, <laughs> to, cause I always wanted to see what was going on with the project. Did it look good? Did it not look good? So I understand that part of it. Um, but we're hoping to get there to get to the goal because that will allow us to physically print everything, you know, at the prices I have gotten taken care of and uh, make sure we can do it without me losing my house. Because <laughs> I'm not trying to yes. make a fortune off of this. That, that's one of the other things. I'm just I'm just one guy with a wrestling game that I developed over the years. Uh, I'm, I'm not trying to be the next Gloomhaven. I'm not trying to be the next... Uh, uh, Battlestar Galactica. I'm not trying to be the next Monopoly. It's just a small game that uh, I came up with, and I want to share with other people that I think that they really will enjoy once they give it, you know, give it a look and give it a try. And we do as well. We'll, you know, we'll share. We'll do our try to do our part to help you out out here. Well, I appreciate that greatly. And if anybody uh, has any questions, yeah, you can get a hold of me through the website page that you put up, the Facebook page. You know, mm -hmm. send me smoke signals. Uh, I'll go light a fire in the backyard and send some back. You know, we can do it however you want. Semaphore, walkie-talkies. I'm running out of communication areas. <laughs> Save me. Uh, so we're going to do a live play along this weekend, maybe next weekend, or you know, we're going to focus on the character creation this weekend. Um, we'll have a time frame set up Wednesday um, once we can see how many people are interested. Um, we are going to cap it off at four just so things kind of move along. Uh, which yes. always free to create characters along with us sure. um, without being live on air. Uh, so just hit me up, my personal Facebook, or you can hit us up on Twitter or just message us through our Facebook page. Um, we will get that set up for you, and we will announce Wednesday what time we'll do it this weekend. I, I am looking forward to that because whenever you sit down with somebody that really hasn't done it before and you get to walk them through the process and see the wheels turning in their head for how they're creating the character and, oh, man, I wanted to build a powerhouse, but maybe the random dice rolls gave me a little tiny guy and now I have to change my whole thinking. It's fun to see that process happen mm -hmm. right, right there, too. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for joining us, everybody. Uh, enjoy the rest of your evening.